uh, I don't know why they were singing. Uh, the choir was singing, and uh, I don't know one of those songs we sung. I can't remember if it's congregation or somebody a while ago. Uh, but in uh, <laughs> Luke 23, and, uh, verse number 33, the Bible said, And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him, and the malefactors on the right hand and, uh, and the other on the left hand. Boy, I got to thinking about that while they were singing there a while ago, and I just looked over my Bible and I had some things wrote down about Calvary. Boy, aren't you glad for Calvary tonight? And had it not been for Calvary, I know you've, I know you've been preached Calvary, man. I, I know you sing about Calvary and you read about Calvary and you teach about Calvary, but more than that, aren't you glad you believe what happened at Calvary? It's the very reason you and I are here tonight. You know, just because it is a place, and I had some things wrote down, it's a sacrificial place. We know that. And uh, it's a historical place. It's really there. But can I say tonight, that's not really what it, that's not really why Calvary means anything to me just because it's there. And just because it's in history don't really mean anything. Just because uh, people were sacrificed at Calvary don't really mean anything. But because there was a man named Jesus that went to Calvary and he died and he rose again. That's why Calvary means something to me tonight. Boy, I'm glad. What took place at Calvary, aren't you? And because of Calvary, thank God we have life and we have it more abundantly. Amen. And we can rejoice and shout and sing and cry all because of what Jesus did at Calvary. Amen. I'm glad it's not just a place. Amen. It's not, not just a place in history. Amen. But hey, that's a sovereign place. Amen. Amen. It's a saving place. Amen. Men lost their lives there. But I'm glad there'd been a lot of life gained at Calvary. Amen. And I sure am thankful for Calvary. I'm thankful for this place, Calvary Baptist Church in Union Grove. Amen. Thankful for your pastor and his family. And it is just a joy uh, to be here. And uh, I appreciate you. And I'm uh, just so thankful. We're always welcomed when we come here. And you always make us feel uh, right at home. I mean, you gave my people food when we came in. And then told me if I wanted to preach a long time, they had something to eat. I mean, what a blessing. Amen. And uh, I told them, I said, uh, one of the young boys, he said, Preacher, they even had lemonade and coffee. I said, well, that's all good. But nobody needs to go swimming in that fountain out there in the foyer. Amen. <laughs> And uh, so we're going to try to behave ourselves while we're here, amen. And uh, I appreciate you. If you have your Bibles tonight, Judges chapter number four. Judges chapter four. I'll try to not keep you long tonight, uh, but I do want you to know something tonight. And uh, y'all already know this part about I'm a Dallas fan, I'm a Braves fan, and man, we got good seasons going on. I want you to know something tonight. There's a whole lot more going on right here in this building. A whole lot more going on in the world we live in tonight that needs the Lord. And what's taking place here, far more important than what's on the other side of those walls tonight. Amen. And uh, I am thankful tonight. Hey, watch it. As a child of God, you don't just have winning seasons. You're a winner either way tonight, amen. And I mean, in your darkest valley, you still get victory, amen. In, in your deepest storm, thank God, you still saved by the grace of God. Boy, aren't you glad the old story never grows old, amen. And uh, just get reminded of it time and time again, what a joy it is uh, just to be saved by the grace of God. Judges chapter four, if you found your place, if you would, stand with me, reverence to the reading of the word of God tonight. 
We had you Sunday there at Charity Hill this morning, so I didn't preach. One of our young preachers preached this morning and uh, done a tremendous job this morning. And matter of fact, he's even visiting with us tonight, and I appreciate uh, Brother Keith, our, uh, our, him and his wife, Miss Heather, uh, being our youth leaders and directors and getting a group up and coming down being with us. It's a, it's a blessing now. Uh, and if we make it till next Sunday, we've been there 21 years. And uh, I know y'all are only about 40 minutes from our church, but anytime you've got a crowd of people that have traveled with you after 20 years. It's a blessing, amen? amen. And uh, I appreciate some of our folk being here tonight. And then, of course, I'm glad for my wife and my girls. I'm glad they still want to go with me too, amen? And uh, thank God for that. Josh, Judges chapter number four, we'll pick up in verse number 14. It may sound foreign to you tonight, but I'll try to go back in the introduction, bring us up to date where we're at. Uh, but notice what your Bible said, Deborah said unto Barak, uh, up. For this is the day in which the Lord hath delivered Sisera into thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. And the Lord discomforted Sisera and all his chariots and all his hosts with the edge of the sword before Barak. So that Sisera lighted down off his chariot and fled away on his feet. But Barak pursued after the chariots and after the host unto Horsheth of the Gentiles and all the hosts of Sisera fell upon the edge of the sword and there was not a man left. Howbeit Sisera fled away on his feet to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was a place between Jabin the king Hazar and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said unto him, Turn in, my lord, turn in to me, fear not. And when he had turned in unto her, uh, into the tent, uh, turned in unto her, into the tent, she covered him with a mantle. And he said unto her, Give me, I pray thee, a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. And she opened a bottle of milk and gave him drink and covered him. And he said unto her, Stand in the door of the tent, and it shall be, when any man doth come and inquire of thee, and say, Is there any man here that thou shalt say, No. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a nail of the tent, and took a hammer in her hand, and went softly unto him. And smote the nail into his temples and fastened it under the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Now I want you to notice now tonight, there in verse number 21, and it may seem, like I said, foreign to you tonight, and I want you to notice that uh, this man by the name of Sisera, the Bible teaches us here that Israel has failed yet again and did evil, and uh, they were turned over into the, ha the hand here of the enemy. And it came a time that the Lord is going to use Barak to deliver that enemy. And Deborah, that prophet, she comes and tells him about it. And he said, well, I, I'd love to go, but I'm not going to go unless you'd go with me. And so she's willing to go and uh, tells him the very time that the enemy can be defeated. And uh, I'm glad to know tonight that even after being saved by the grace of God, there is many times that the adversary seems to rise up against it. Even in the world we're living in today, it seems like we're standing nose to nose in battle uh, continually with the adversary. But I want you to know as a child of God tonight, there's some things uh, that you and I can nail down tonight. There's some things that can be fastened uh, and some things that can be nailed down tonight uh, for the child of God. So I want you to know there's victory tonight. And I pray God will help us to get to that tonight. You can leave encouraged through the word of God. Father, we sure love you. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this privilege and opportunity. 
that you've given us to be in the house of God tonight. I pray you'd help us to preach with power and unction of the Spirit. Use us, Lord, I pray for your glory and for your honor. We'll sure thank you and praise you for that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And may the Lord add a blessing to reading the word. Uh, notice tonight, there's a few people that I want you to recognize, a few characters that probably be important to us tonight to uh, notice and realize. You see that we, when we're in our reading, that we mentioned a woman by the name of Deborah tonight. And uh, Deborah was a prophetess. And uh, so she was foretelling uh, here in the Old Testament what was taking place as the uh, children of Israel had yet done evil again. And uh, Barak, uh, he lived. 10,000 men and uh, matter of fact uh, you'll know and uh, find out tonight that the Bible teaches us here that this man by the name of Barak uh, was one that Deborah was going to go to and tell him uh, that what the Lord had shown unto her and he was to go and help bring back and recover uh, the children of Israel yet again. And uh, also you'll notice the, uh, the woman by the name of Jael. She's the one that took the nail and uh, drove it through Sisera's uh, temple while we lay there uh, fast asleep. She was the wife of Hebner uh, who was the Kenite. And then Sisera, he was the evil one. He was the commander. Uh, of the Canaanite army uh, of King Jabin. That's who he was. So Jabin was the king uh, of Canaan. When we go back and you pick up there in verse number one of chapter four, uh, the Bible said, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord when Ehud was dead. And wouldn't you agree tonight that uh, we may not be looking at it as Israel tonight and uh, according to the word of God, and I realize that Israel is still a real place tonight and uh, God still loves Israel. America needs to stand with Israel. All that's important tonight, but what I want you to see that's more more important than uh, just the place of Israel tonight is the representation of God's people here uh, as Israel. And I I believe you would agree with me tonight that uh, as a whole tonight, uh, uh, we may not be falling off the face of the earth or falling back into the pit of sin, but would you not agree tonight that uh, pastors have had to become uh, watchers of the aquarium uh, more than fishers of the sea. And the problem is this is uh, those that are in for some reason have, uh, have some kind of desire to want to be on the outside to want to know uh, what it's like. Boy, we ought to shout and get excited uh, uh, when we got young people that are still wanting to be in the house of God and still want to uh, got young men surrendering to the call to preach and uh, young ladies going on the mission field or young ladies singing or uh, young men standing and playing an instrument for the Lord and being able to play the piano for God. Now what a blessing tonight. And uh, old Smash over there playing that bass guitar bigger than he is. Uh, what a blessing tonight. Well, we ought to be thankful tonight that he's not out in a rock band somewhere and uh, the young people are still in love with God and uh, still desire God. Boy, how that ought to thrill our soul tonight. And uh, So many people have a mindset that everybody has got to sow their wild oats. But no, 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 that's not true because you got to remember that whatever you sow, that will you also reap. And you always reap more than you sow. Boy, wouldn't you say tonight you didn't sow a whole lot at Calvary, but there's a whole lot sowed at Calvary on your behalf. And you and I are reaping a whole lot more from God than we ever did sow or we ever did deserve. Boy, I'm telling you, I'm glad for who he is and what he does tonight. You got to look at this. Israel, yet again, 
did evil in the sight of the Lord. We're living tonight in a, in a nation, in a generation that continually seems to want to know what it's like to do evil. Just this week, I got a phone. First, it started with a text message, and it become a phone call. And uh, outside of the church, matter of fact, uh, I, I, don't, I just know this man real well, acquainted with him, and have known him for years. Saw the Lord completely change his life. I mean, took him from an alcoholic and a drug addict, and completely saved his life. Took him out of fornication. I mean, I mean, done a miraculous change in his life. And it's been about five years now, man. He's just on fire for God. And at the drop of the hat, man, he'll cry like a baby just talking about the goodness of God. Uh, but you know what? His wife didn't fall in love with a man that loves God. Uh, she fell in love with an old, dirty, rotten sinner uh, and she can't get over the fact that the Lord saved him. Boy, uh, what a sad day that we're living in that uh, husband and wife don't want to really love God and love each other and raise children in a, in a, in a family, in a church, in a home and uh, time after time we see that, that they go back to the things of the world. Hey church, I want you to know tonight, hey listen, I'm not saying it just because I am one. Hey, but listen, you ought to thank, well that's me up there, you ought to thank God for your man of God. You ought to thank God hey listen, for a pastor that'll stand and preach to you what thus saith the word of God. You ought to thank God for a pastor's wife that loves the man of God and loves the ladies of the church. Hey, I'm telling you, you ought to thank God that you got somebody that can fill in and young people that can sing. Hey, listen, and even Michael, an older man, still play the guitar or any kind of instrument. He can play anything. We ought to thank God for that tonight, that it's still, still old-fashioned worship. Amen. They're trading their Bibles in tonight for something that seems to be more up-to-date. They're trading our choir books in for something that smells like the world and it looks like the world and our churches begin to act like the world. Boy, you ought to thank God for a beautiful facility and a place to worship tonight and thank God that it does not have to smell like the world or look like the world. Your family don't have to be part of the world tonight. Thank God because of what the Lord has done. Amen. The Bible tells us here that the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord. And so the Bible tells us that the Lord came and told Deborah that he's going to deliver the children of Israel yet again. He's going to use Barak to do it. And uh, the Bible said that when you get down in verse number seven, the Bible said, and I will draw thee to the river Kishon. Sisera, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him into thine hand. And Barak said unto her, If thou wilt go with me, then I will go, but if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor. For the Lord shall sell sister into the hand of a woman. And Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. Boy, do you realize tonight that what I'm reading to you in verse 7 and 8 is what we just found out to take place in verses 14 through 21? Boy, aren't you glad tonight that the Lord has never lied to you? Aren't you glad He's never failed you? What we're reading in our Bible tonight is exactly what God said. Matter of fact, I'll tell you this. What you'll hear on the news tonight, what you'll hear on the news a year from now, we'll still be exactly tonight. Nothing will take place in the world we live in that God has not already forewarned us about or told us that we've been studying. 
Sorry, I'm trying to hurry. I got a whole lot to say. We've been studying over the last three or four services now on Wednesday night and Sunday night. Why that we believe that the King James Bible really is the Word of God for the English speaking people. Why do we believe that? And uh, you, you would not believe some of the answers over 21 years that I've heard. And I'm not just talking about from Charity Hill Baptist Church. I'm talking about for individuals. <laughs> and you heard it. Well, it was good enough for Grandpa. It was good enough for Mom and Daddy. It's good enough for me. Well, that might keep you from straying. And I thank God for that. I've even had people say that. Well, that's the Bible Jesus carried. <laughs> no, he didn't carry that Bible. He is that Bible tonight. It was made flesh. The word's made flesh and it dwelt among. I'm glad I can preach like this here. Amen. Your preacher would be all excited. Amen. But I'm telling you now, you would not believe we've looked at it scripturally already and it's proven itself. Uh, two weeks ago, we looked at it scientifically. You realize Job is one of the oldest books written in your Bible, or oldest book written in your Bible tonight, uh, some 3,500 to 3,700 years ago. And you realize what science just found out? They're finding out 26 and 2,800 years after Job was written in your Bible. Hey, I'm telling you, I'm glad science, that is knowledge. That's what science means. That's the definition of science. But boy, aren't you glad you have a book tonight of not just knowledge, but of wisdom tonight and of understanding. Boy, I'm glad if any man lacks, all he's got to do is ask of God who give it to every man liberally. Amen. Then for the last two services, we've been studying about it mathematically. Just the numbers. I am a numbers, but I love math and just how the numbers in the Word of God play out. Boy, I'm telling you, it's been a joy. I mean, just studying. I'm glad this book is real tonight. I'm glad that it is alive. But let me give you a few things, and I'll give you four things. And Some of the stuff I just said has something to do with it. I didn't just give you all that for no reason, all right? I want you to notice something. There's some things tonight, I believe it's a child of God. We need to nail down tonight. Now listen to me. Husband or wife, this don't mean when he's or her, he or her sleeping tonight, you need to pin them to the floor. That's not what the Bible said. Don't go home and nail somebody to the floor. But there's some things for the child of God tonight that we need to nail down. You know what that means tonight? You ever heard somebody make a statement like this? You hit the nail on the head. Boy, there ain't anything the preacher wants to do anymore than to walk out of that pulpit and know that he hit the nail on the head, done what God wanted him to do. Yeah, man, I believe tonight that, that these, these singers that just walked over here a while ago and Abel are singing that, I, I believe he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, man, I'll be honest with you, I know they're mine, but I believe the girls got up tonight, watch this, they didn't hit a three-pointer at the buzzer. They didn't knock a softball over the fence in the bottom of the ninth inning. Hey, listen, but they sung about an old story that never grows. I believe they hit the nail on the head tonight. Can I say for the child of God, hey, some things tonight you and I can nail down that the adversary or it might be able to walk by and pull away from us or to take up tonight. Why? Because they've been nailed down tonight. Amen. Let's look at a few things. Number one tonight, I want to say you can nail down the promises of God. Amen. Hey, listen, anybody raise their hand tonight and say he's lied to you? Anybody could raise their hand tonight and say, oh no, he didn't come through on that. Hey, matter of fact, I want you to know something tonight. There's been times that God's come through on our behalf. We didn't even know he would. Hey, man, when we didn't know, when we had no idea that the Lord would even do that. Oh, he even had scripture on it. Oh, he even had a promise on it. God done it anyway because he's that faithful to his word tonight. Amen. Notice this. 
Verse number seven, notice what the Bible said. I will draw unto thee to the river Kishon, Sisera. And then the Bible said, the captain of Jabin's army with his chariots and his multitude, and I will deliver him in the line hand. So you know what Deborah goes and talks to Barak about? She goes and talks to him about what the Lord's talked to her about. Hey, listen, I'm glad tonight. You know why the preacher's got something to preach? Because it is the word of God. Yeah, man, I'm glad tonight anything I got to say to you from this word, that's not my thought. That's not my idea tonight. Thank God it is the word. I get real sore when a man walks a pulpit and he wants to push his thoughts around and push his opinion around and push his personal conviction Hey, he needs to be real careful. There's more Bible than I'll ever be able to preach. And can I say tonight, if I preach the Bible and what thus saith the word of God, ain't God man can't argue with it. A whole lot rather the Lord look at me and say this. Well, they arguing with you because that's what you deserve. You got up there and preached your own thought and they got every reason to argue with I want it to be more like what he told Moses. Moses, they're not chiding with you. They're chiding with me. Preach the Bible, amen, preach the word. Hey, listen, I, I know your pastor's heard me say this before, and you may have, but one thing really bothers me. Now, now don't, don't go away saying a preacher said it's all right to smoke three packs of Marlboro a day and chew red man, spit it in every, every cup. I, that ain't what I said, all right? But I get real troubled when a man weighs about 400 pounds and wallers himself up to the pulpit, can't hardly breathe, don't know when to push himself away from the table and goes to harping on somebody smoking a cigarette or somebody chewing, chewing gum. Hey, listen, or somebody chewing red man. Hey, listen, he's eat four bowls of banana pudding, eight fried chickens, and drunk three soda pops and can't catch his breath. Watch this. According to my Bible, he's just in his bad shape and as wrong as that person he's pointing his finger. But can I say tonight, if we realize this is the temple of the living God. Hey, my friend, tonight there's a whole lot of things that we wouldn't allow to come in or we wouldn't allow to come in or we wouldn't allow to come in tonight if we realize this is where that the Lord abides. Amen? Amen. Matter of fact, I've seen a few times that probably a true red man that help you. Amen? <laughs> the promises of God. Aren't you glad you can nail down God's promises tonight? Matter of fact, I want to ask you something. I want to ask you how many times, I, I don't know who left this paper up here, but it was the will of God. I want to ask you some things today. On this promise of God, how many times, maybe in your secret place somewhere, Maybe on your mirror or your, wind, uh, your mirror in your bathroom somewhere. Maybe somewhere up in the console of your car there where you can't see the speedometer. You got something staked up there real scriptural, you know. You're going to show it to that highway patrolman when he pulls you over, you know. But here's what happens. You trusted God on it. You, you put scripture on it. You, you took the step you took. You took the move you made because God said to do it. Trying to just be faithful to the Lord. Everybody around you thinks you're crazy. Boy, me and my wife could tell story after story, but it ain't time for me to tell stories tonight. Man, I'm talking about family. I'm talking about friends years ago. Some of the decisions we made, I trust in God. Absolutely, even in my own mind, it absolutely sounded crazy. I can remember when we was going to bring our children home. My, my wife was going to homeschool. Man, I mean, even family thought we was absolutely crazy. But had God 
God's word on it. And you know what we did? We nailed that thing down. But you know what happened through the years? Is Satan come by and he'd, he'd begin to try to blow that away. And he'd begin to try to pull that out from under us. And he'd begin to try to slide it out from under But because it was nailed down with the word of God, I'm glad when the wind blowed. I'm glad when the hand of the adversary came along. I'm glad it stood because it was and is a promise of God tonight. My friend tonight, I want you to know this. Deborah didn't run say to Barak something that sounded like a good idea to her. She went and said it because the Lord said so. Boy, you know how you and I are going to make it in the day that we're living in is simply standing upon the authority of the Word of God and the promises of God. You know, Brother Rodney, through all this study we've been doing on the King James Bible, some of my crowds here tonight, you know you know what's been so exciting for me to say is please don't believe this just because your pastor's saying it. I know these numbers look like they're fitting together like a puzzle. I know that this science does fit together like a puzzle. 1,500 years separated the first writer of your King James Bible from the last writer of your King James Bible. These men were from 40 different backgrounds, three different continents. They lived 1,500 miles apart. Don't believe it just because that the preacher is showing you that it fits together like a puzzle, but believe it because you can go home yourself, look in your Bible, and you can find that it's nailed down as a promise of God. Because the Bible itself is right. Not because the preacher, if the preacher's right, he's going to preach what the Bible says. So who's right? God's right. God's promise is right. His word is right. Notice this. Not only do we see tonight that we can stake it down, we can nail it down, the promises of God. But how about this tonight? Look at verse number nine. Not only the promise, but I'm glad we can nail down the presence of God. The Bible said in verse number nine, or verse number eight, Barak said unto her, if thou wilt go with me, then I will go, but if thou wilt not go with me, then I will not go. Excuse me, verse number nine, and she said, I will surely go with thee, notwithstanding the journey that thou takest shall not be for thine honor, for the Lord shall sell sister in the hand of a woman. And Deborah rose and went with Barak to Kadesh. I want you to notice this. She said, he said, I'm not going unless you'd go with me. You know what she said? Uh, she said, I'll go. I believe Deborah said, I'll go for one reason or for two reasons. The first reason is because God gave promise on it. But number two, she wanted to see the fulfillment of the promise of God. Hey, you know what makes me keep wanting to go in the Christian walk of life? Because the Lord's always been faithful to his promise. And I'm real interested in watching him fulfill his promise. But I'll be honest with you, along the way, I like his presence. Amen. Matter of fact, let me show you this. You don't have to turn tonight. But in Hebrews chapter 13 and in verse number five, watch what your Bible says right here tonight. Hebrews 13 and verse number five tonight. The Bible says this. Let your conversation be without covenants and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. Hey, do you realize tonight they want to change around God's word? Well, let me tell you this. You realize that verse reads the same way backwards as it does forward? He said, I'll never leave thee for, nor forsake thee. Thee forsake nor thee leave never will I. Sounds to me like it's the same. I'm glad he ain't going anywhere tonight. I'm glad you can bank on the presence of the Lord tonight. Now this is I spoke to a fellow right over here and uh, 
What's, what's bad, brother, is I can't remember your real name because in the marriage conference, you wore a Superman shirt and I called you Superman. But I was speaking to Superman over here a while ago. I mean, in real life, I was talking to him right over there. Superman, right there he sits. He's disguised right now, but that's Superman. But you know how my wife and youngins at 18 years old and 13 years old and my wife at a young age, you know how they make me feel like Superman? Sometimes my wife says, you want to go to Marshall's? No, I just don't believe that's to be the will of God. <laughs> but here's what she'll say, Superman. She'll say, you don't even have to get out of the car. I'd just like for you to go with us. You wouldn't believe how many times my girls has got in the car and said, Daddy, I wish you'd have been with us today. I would have just felt safer if you'd have been there. You know what they're asking for? Boy, this is breaking me. They're asking for my presence. I'll be honest with you tonight. We're living in a world that I don't understand. There's things going on around us, all around us tonight. I don't understand. And I know this world's only going to wax worse and worse. Oh, but can I say tonight, there's one thing you nail down tonight is that His presence will ever be with His children tonight. He already promised he'd never leave us or forsake. I'm just going to be honest with you tonight, Superman. It gets sweeter and sweeter knowing tonight that I have the presence of the Lord ever with me tonight. You realize tonight, your family probably feels like my family. We're the only normal ones left. I can't tell you how many times my girls have come home, even my wife, and said, I sure would have felt better today if you'd have just been there. And uh, I, I, I just like the fact that you're there. I, I, want, I want you to notice this. It, it's going to lead me into my next point, so just bear with me, man. Uh, just, just to pray. You don't even have to say anything. You don't even have to do anything. Matter of fact, my wife probably likes it better that way. I don't even have to say anything just as long as I'm there. <laughs> well, easy. Boy, aren't you glad tonight? Aren't you glad tonight that, that what the Lord needs to say has already been said tonight? Here, here's one thing I love about the Lord. Now, men, you can't use this against your wives. You don't have to worry about him changing his mind. You don't have to worry about him not knowing what he's going to do in this situation. We're living in a sin-sick, sin-cursed world tonight. But we don't have to worry about where the Lord's going to stand tomorrow. It doesn't matter what happens on Wall Street. It don't matter how, what happens in the White House. It don't matter what happens, listen, down at the gas pump. Do you realize tonight that God's still going to be seated on the throne? That His Son's still going to be seated at the right hand? And do you realize tonight that because that I'm here tonight, He lives within me. You're there tonight. He lives within you. Do you realize that that means He's present here? But because He's at the right hand of the Father, and I'm in Him and He's in me, just as much as He's present here, we're already present there because where he is there we may be also tonight the presence of the Lord don't have to worry about him changing his mind I love this but preacher what about this it's forever settled in heaven God's word still says the same thing but preacher you don't understand what about this situation that's all right there's what the Bible says I've even had people come up and say this brother now listen, preacher, I know what the Bible says, but how do you feel about this situation? 
It don't matter how I feel about it. And it don't matter how you feel about it. If we're going to be right with God, we better feel the same way God feels about it. No, 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 preacher. You don't understand. It's going to be hard to do it that way. No, no, no. It's going to be harder to go against God and do it the way God don't want it done. Sometimes it'd be easier just to say, Lord, here I am, and please give me your presence rather than trying to buck against God and go against God. I'm glad tonight it's already been nailed down. You and I have the presence. He's already promised he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Notice this tonight. Number three, I'm almost, I'm getting there. I'm not, I almost said I was almost done, but I won't lie to you. We see the promise of God, it's nailed down. Presence of God is nailed down. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake. But how about this tonight? Look at verse number 14. And Deborah said unto Barak, Up, for this is the day which the Lord hath delivered sister in thine hand. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor and 10,000 men after him. I want to say tonight, I'm thankful for his promise. I'm thankful for his presence. Oh, but I want to say tonight, I'm thankful for the protection of the Lord. Watch what your Bible said. Is not the Lord gone out before thee? Do you realize tonight you're not going alone? The Lord has already been out there before you tonight. Now I know this, I've got a couple of illustrations, but I know this sounds crazy, but a few, a few weeks ago, about two o'clock in the morning, I'm talking about dead asleep, you know, and the alarm system goes off at the house. Well, you know, we jump about that high up out of the bed, and, and uh, I'm over there punching buttons on the safe trying to cut the alarm off. I mean, I'm disoriented. I've already got a gun laid out. My wife's saying, get the gun. I said, I'm trying to cut the alarm off. She said, honey, that's the safe. <laughs> she said, you go on down the hall. Send me down there, amen? <laughs> I'll cut it off, okay? So, you know, like 007, you know, I'm going down the hallway. But you know who's coming behind me? My wife is. Hang on a minute. A few nights ago, we left my mother-in-law's house. Charity had met us over there. Somehow or another, we had Charity's vehicle there too. And April said, I'll drive Charity's home and I'll follow you. Well, we made that agreement a long time ago. The reason being is this. I want to see the deer first. So I go out before her. And that particular night, I was thinking about this service here tonight. The Lord laid this message on my heart several weeks ago. This just happened, I don't know, maybe Thursday night. And two or three times in that 10-minute drive from my mother-in-law's, 12 minutes at the most, my mother-in-law's to our house. It's three different times I had to stop because deer crossing the road. Faith was riding with me. That's our youngest. She'd say, right there, daddy, 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 right there, right there. And I'd slow down. You know what I was doing? That's something simple. I was just protecting. I was just protecting what was behind me. You know what the Lord's doing? I have no idea what tomorrow holds. But you know what the Holy Ghost will do in the morning? Yes. He'll come by and he'll greet me and he'll wake me up and he'll go with me. Oh, yeah. But because Christ has already been to Calvary and that work is finished, 
I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I don't know what next week holds. I don't know how, I have no idea what next year holds. But I do know this God the Father's already went before me. Christ has already went before me. And the Holy Ghost of God is going with me as my protection tonight. Hey, I'm glad tonight you can nail it down. Hey, listen, you don't have to worry about it blowing away. You don't have to worry about it leaving. Thank God it's already been nailed down. The Lord is our protection tonight. Oh, but preacher, what, what am I going to do in this situation? Just keep trusting God. Oh, but preacher, that's real easy for you to say. You're exactly right. Hey, trust me, believe it or not, a few times over the last 22 years, me and my wife been married, and almost 21 years have passed, and there's been times that people said, preacher, we're praying for you. Just keep trusting God. Just hanging in. I was thinking, oh, if you only knew. That's easy for you to say. And I've done the same thing. I've looked at folks and said, just trust God. Just believe God. But you know, some of the hardest times is when you just have to trust God. You just have to be real still. Brother Alan Barker told me this a long time ago. He said, Brother Brian, sometimes you just got to pray a whole lot and move real slow. Just trust God. Sometimes when you move real slow, people think you just don't know what else to do. That's because you don't know what else to do. Just trust God. He said, preacher, I sure wish I could do that. Hey, listen, I'm just going to tell you, it'd be a whole lot better to slow down and pray a whole lot and move real slow than it, would be, than it would be to not pray at all and move really, really fast. Hey, I'm saying tonight I'm glad for the presence of God. Hey, I'm glad tonight I have no idea what tomorrow holds, but I sure am glad that the Lord holds tomorrow. I'm glad he's holding my hand. I'm glad I have his presence on it. Hey, thank God tonight I have his protection on it. Oh, but thank God tonight I've got his promise on it tonight. Amen. Amen. Then let me give you this. Notice this tonight. The Bible says that this takes place. And just like the Lord had said, the Lord sends, uh, the, the Lord sends uh, Sisera down, just like the Lord said. Sisera comes down, now the army's been defeated. Sisera's fled, run on foot. He's come right down to the house of jail or the tent of jail. She brings him in, the Bible says, and uh, as she brings him in, now this was, I want you to understand this, God didn't set it up for us to think that any, any kind of fornication or adultery was taking place here. This is scriptural being fulfilled. The lady, the woman, the wife was the keeper of the house. She, it was nothing for her to be the one to set up tent. And so that's why she had a tent state. She was the keeper of the tent. So when he came down to her, it was nothing for her to invite him to come in. I mean, he was captain. It was nothing for her to invite him to come in. But here's the thing. God had already promised victory. The Lord had already promised the victory. And he's going to use this to, have, to do it. And the Bible says that jail invites him in. He asked for water and she gave him milk. Oh, she knew what she was doing. She treated him just like a little kitten or a cat. She gave him some warm milk and put him to bed. The Bible said why he lay asleep. She took one of them tent stakes, nails and a hammer and drove it through his temple and fastened to the floor of that. You know what she said? That's enough. We fought it long enough. I want to give you this last one tonight and I'm glad you can count it nailed down tonight is the perseverance. The Bible said so he died. You know what that means tonight? 
it was over. You didn't have to worry about that one anymore. You didn't have to worry about it anymore. It was over. You know what, tonight, there's a lot of things they notice it. I see people battle with this over the years. I've seen people battle this over and over again. That things they run to the altar and they beg God to forgive them from. They do good for eight, six, ten months. And all of a sudden you see them battling that same thing over and over again. You know why it is tonight? They simply didn't just nail it down. They simply didn't just get rid of it. Let me give you one tonight. I think it'll be a blessing to you, Brother Abel. If you want to come on out to the piano tonight, notice this tonight. In Colossians chapter 2, in verse 13 through 15 tonight, your Bible says this, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that was against us, which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly triumphing over them in here. Preacher, what do you mean tonight? I'm saying we have perseverance over the old man. We have perseverance over the flesh tonight simply because Christ nailed it to the cross. Amen. Amen. It was finished. I'm talking about our sins tonight. He's playing softly on the piano. I'm talking about our sins tonight. I'm talking about the past man we used to be. I'm talking about the old creature that we were. Boy, aren't you glad tonight? Aren't you glad tonight that it's been nailed down? Hey, listen tonight. It's nailed down. You got the promises of God. No matter what it is you're facing, you got God's promise on it tonight. But can I say this? You've got God's presence with you. He said he'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. He'd go with you all the way, even unto the end of the earth. You know what that means tonight? He's going to be there. He's always going to be there. He's faithful tonight. But then notice this. You got his protection. I was driving ahead of my wife. Let me tell you how good God is. He can go before us. And he can be with us. And he can also come up behind us. Huh. probably one of the greatest chapters in your Bible tonight, Psalm 23. Oh my, does he not go before us? Is he not with us? But then what does the Bible say there in Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. He's coming right up behind me. Amen. Following me with goodness and mercy. Y'all just testified about a little while ago about the goodness of God coming right in behind us. But then let me say this tonight. You can have perseverance over it tonight. I have no idea how long it's been bothering you. I have no idea tonight how long you've been dealing with it. But I know this tonight. Sure would be a good place around this altar to just nail it down tonight and say, Lord, I know you forgave me. Lord, I have no idea in this situation. I don't have no idea what the outcome is of it. I've never been here before. Never walked through this valley before. I've never been in this storm before. Lord, our children's never seen anything like what's going on in the world we're living in today. Never seen anything like it. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. But I know I got your promise on it. Lord, I know you said you'd never leave me from nor forsake me. I know I got your presence on it. Lord, I just want to know tonight. I got your perseverance over it tonight. I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to nail it down tonight. That no matter what happens, God's still God tonight. He's still on the throne. I'm still his child. He's still in control. Heads are bound. Eyes are closed. You stand all across the house. Some of you tonight, God's already helping. 
Maybe you just need to step out right where you are. Some's already coming to the altar tonight. God bless these hearts. I have no idea what you need. I see many people moving tonight. Some broken hearted. Some may be heavy burdened tonight. Hey, I want you to know this. There's some things tonight you can nail down. There's some things tonight God's already nailed down for you. You can just claim victory over it tonight. I have no idea what you need. He's playing softly right there tonight. Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, I just want you to help me pray. God knows all about it. I just want you to help me pray. Would you just slip up your hand tonight? God bless your hearts. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. God sees it. Preacher, God knows all about it. I just want you to help me pray. God bless. Thank you, ma'am. God sees it. Thank you, ma'am. Yes, God sees that one. Yes, yes. Thank you, ma'am. God sees it. Yes. Thank you. I see that one. God bless you. You realize tonight that nobody's looking around. Many in all the prayer. You realize tonight you can just slip out right where you are. Get around this altar tonight and say, Lord, for the first time in my life, I'm just going to completely trust you with it. I'm just going to complete. I trust you to save me. I trust you to forgive my sins. God bless you. He's coming. I ask you to save my unworthy soul from hell. Lord, I'm going to trust you in this situation that just as you save me, you can take care of this. Some's already moving. God bless these hearts. Some, somebody else, you raised your hand. You need to step out and come tonight. God bless you. Oh, yes, God bless you. Yeah, others is coming. Thank God. Yes, yes. Maybe you're here tonight. I wouldn't come to you. I wouldn't embarrass you, but you said, Preacher, the Lord spoke to my heart tonight. I, I've never been saved by the grace of God. And I realize I stand in need of salvation. Please pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up tonight? Preacher, I want you to pray for me. Never been saved by the grace of God. Please pray for me. Would you slip your hand up tonight? Just slip it up right back down. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, what a joy. Oh, I'm glad we can nail it down tonight. We can nail it down tonight. Thank God. For, thank God. For